0: the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. with us right now Dr. Laura Cicola. Dr. Laura uh I'm only going to call you that one time there not as All not good. to confuse you with All the good. go take on the day gal uh yep. but you are found on the web you're the founder of Vocal Impact Productions uh that is at vocalimpactproductions.com uh, uh, Laura you've got a TED talk that's done pretty well on the YouTubes, uh, over 6 million views. You're an author, uh, speaking to influence. Uh, I am certain I have come across your work in the wild. Um, you're, you're very well-respected, um, particularly, uh, you know, kind of coming from the media world, uh, which which I've been paying attention to. Uh, and then um, you're also a podcaster as well. So uh, Laura, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for inviting me. It's an honor to be here because you, as far as podcasts are concerned, you are the machine. You are the 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 gold standard to uh, emulate as far as building mine. So I want to be you when I grow up one of these days.
0: Well, there's a good pull quote right there. So <laughs> to, uh, n- nudge, nudge to my production team. <laughs> All right. So, Lori, give us an overview of your work, please.
1: Sure. And I want to I'm an executive communication coach. And what that basically means is that my job is to make sure that when you talk, people listen, because as business owners, we all have the genius in our ideas, in our vision, in our creations that make us the brains behind the operation. But then whether you're in, you know, on a podcast or in the media or just talking to your clients, your employees, your investors, whoever it is, you have to know that when you open your mouth, whoever your audience is can hear and see that vision as clearly as you do, right? So that you need to be the face and the voice in front of the operation, not just the brains behind it. And I help people to close that gap.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, so why is this a valuable skill? to master today?
1: Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever been in the situation where, for example, you hear yourself say something and your immediate thought is, that sounded a lot better in my head?
0: <laughs> uh, that's this pretty much my... That's my my modus operandi. <laughs> yeah,
1: if you've got a significant other, that's probably a daily experience, right? Or where you are, you know, you're communicating with somebody and they look at you and they get, they they respond and you go, how did you get that from what I said? Another mm-hmm. situation. That's a that's a common one. Or where you're just going, no, 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 but but you're not getting the point. You know, why why don't you understand why I'm right? for example uh, you know there's so many pieces where there's a gap between what i think i say and what you think you hear and that is the root of all conflict because people feel that they have not been heard they have not been understood so whether it's a personal relationship or a professional relationship of any sort your ability to understand how you need to convey your thoughts your ideas so that they can hear what you need them to hear, that's the essence of of inspirational leadership. And that's what I want to help people do.
0: Yeah. And certainly, these are skills that we're talking about that are applicable. It doesn't matter what the venue is, if you're a speaker, if you're in front of the camera, if you do social media content. Um, uh, uh, Laura, I would would dare say uh, in our personal relationships with our kids, with our loved ones, right? Uh, This stuff really matters. Okay. 100%. Yeah. So um, what are some of the biggies that that you see people violate these rules and it's probably creating a negative impact in their life? Like what are some common things that you're like, oh, if I could just rid the world of this one or two things, these things, I think we should all be very cognizant of.
1: Sure. Uh, there's boy. How much time do you have? Where do we start on this? The, <laughs> one of the first ones, as as business owners, you have to be a good storyteller. People get lost in the weeds. We get stuck in what I like to call the expert's curse. Right? Anybody who's out there who's an entrepreneur started their business because they had an idea, right? That you get product, service, whatever it is, but you can't just describe the features of what you do. Here's the list of tasks that I complete. Here are the list of things that my product or service will do for you. No, what's the benefit that you get out of it? And how do you tell the story? Give me, bring me into a day of the life of somebody who uses this and how their life is better. Help me feel what that character, I'm going to use the word character, the person who's the the focus of the story, how they what they feel beforehand, what their experience is during it, and how they feel after, how they how life has changed for them. Telling that story, people will see themselves in that character's shoes and go, ooh, I'm suffering from what that person was suffering from, and I want to feel what they're feeling now. If I can get that change, I'd be happy. That's what sells. Not like, so let's see, there are 47 different functions that my app will provide for you, and you can hit all 47 buttons in a given day. Boring. Tell me the story. Don't just mm-hmm. tell me the features, right? That's that's a huge difference as far as the content of what we tell. So uh, does, that, does that ring any bells with you?
0: Uh, absolutely. I love it. Your TED Talk, which has, again, six and a half, over six and a half million views. <laughs> uh, it, the title of it is Want to Sound Like a Leader? Start by saying your name right. Tell me yes. more about that concept. That's a great headline, by the way. Thank you.
1: Yeah, like, I think oh, that my was God,
0: how am I saying my name wrong? I have to I must watch to find out what, what this is. So not to spoil the ending or anything, but but could you talk a bit
1: about that? Sure. Well the the that specific element is because we're all aware of the importance of making a good first impression and the way that you say your name will either strengthen that impression or undermine it in part because you want to be memorable. And the way most people introduce themselves, they blur through their names a mile a minute. They smash the first and the last name together, assuming they even bother to share what the last name was. And they usually ask it like a question. So they'll introduce themselves and say, hi, I'm Laura Scala. Like, I think, uh, not totally sure, but sounds good maybe and what we need to do is like by the time you've blitzed through that the listener's going wait uh were you just talking? What What did you, I, I have no idea what you just said, but I missed it, but I'm too embarrassed to tell you that I didn't understand it and to ask you to repeat it. So I'm just gonna sit here, smile and nod and be like, "Um, yeah, you, if I wanted to talk to you, I'm just gonna use pronouns or otherwise not engage you. You've already undermined your ability to connect with them. So to say your name, quote unquote, right. Um, and especially if your audience is of a group of people who maybe aren't from the same background as you are, that your name may not be as intuitive. Maybe your parents got a little creative when coming up with your name or it doesn't look like it sounds and that really messes people up with name tags. So what you want to do is number one, slow down so people can actually let their brains catch up with their ears. Number two, separate. Is it a first name and a last name? A first name, a middle name? And a last name, how many pieces are you actually giving me? I need my brain has to register how many pieces there are. And then number three, ideally, your first name you would intone by inflecting it up, like to say, I'm not done yet. And then a little tiny pause or a break so I hear that there's a separate piece. And then your last name, you want to glide down. And it's like saying, and now I'm done. There's a little vocal period at the end. So when I introduce myself, I would say I'm Laura Socola. Laura Socola, as opposed to Laura Scola. Hello right so when you catch the which could like be you're...
0: easy to forget when you just said it that second way yes so I'll try so my name is Josh Elledge
1: yes beautiful
0: and and, and what I've learned because I Elledge does get um people will mess that up they'll, they'll say yeah. Eldridge and some other right. variations of that right. so what I've learned is to really kind of almost hyphenate the Elledge you yes. know um Pronounce both
1: syllables very clearly right right? Pull that L. And it's something where, you know, I've, I've spoken with friends about this at people who are like on the phone. Nobody ever understands me on the phone. I have to say my name like 85 times. I got to spell it out. Nobody gets it. They try this. A friend of mine called me back and he was like, I can't believe it for the first time in my life. I was making a cold call. I didn't have to repeat my name. They just got it. It makes that much of a difference.
0: I love that you used. A, I don't know if it's a mnemonic or, or what you did, but when when I asked you, um, Laura, can you pronounce your last before we recorded? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I said please pronounce your last name for me because that's one thing. Like, you know, it in journalism, you you know, I went to journalism school in the in the military in the Navy, and that was one thing. Is like if you misspelled a name you instantly, you got 25 points taken off your yes, paper. Uh, and the that's push- the same thing. I think in pronunciation of names too, is I think it's just so critical. You know, one one trick um, that I've learned um, in, in working in TV. So I've done, you know, like I said, about 750 TV segments. Amazing. And I've done some small, and it's almost always in small markets because, sure. you know, a little bit newer, um, generally sometimes you're working with people. Um, at one Task that one thing I've always learned, or if someone's going to be introducing you on stage um, is that if you don't want to look like a jerk by saying, listen, I want to make sure you pronounce my name right. It's Josh Elledge. Like, so one, one thing that I'll do is I say, oh, how are you going to, how are you going to introduce me? I just, and and then they'll say, oh, uh, mm, oh, let's see, this is uh, Josh Eldridge from Saving Angels. And they'll say, oh, I'm so glad. So it's Josh (laughs) <laughs> using yeah. your trick right here, yes. and um, and then um, for company names, it's really easy for people to screw that up. So they, they always mess it up. They always call it Saving Angels, right? So I say, so it's lots of savings, one angel. That's me. So I'm the yes. savings angel, yes. right? And and so yes. and and um, I, I could just tell you from like if again, if you're going to be on TV, don't assume the other person is going to get it right because yes. they're probably not. <laughs> Yes. podcast yes. interviews. That's another one. Like if yes. you're going to be a guest on, there are a lot of newbie podcasters that, you know, they don't verify all that stuff before they get going. And they'll just, I just did an interview yesterday, in fact, and he, he messed up, but, you know, and I'm going to be cool about it, of course, but he miss misspoke on both of my domain names and then also mispronounced my name. So yeah, <laughs>
1: Yep. It happens. Yep. It happens. Yes, it is. And you, it's something where you just need to gently remind them. And frankly, if you're going to host somebody, it, not obviously you figured this hard right out, but to anybody else out there, if you're hosting someone for whatever purpose of an interview, ask Please tell, and it's not embarrassing to say, hey, how do I say your name? Look, I'm I'm interviewing on my podcast, generally C-suite executives from Fortune, whatever companies and mm-hmm. uh, larger nonprofits, et cetera. And I am not, I would much rather, quote unquote, humble myself to say, could you please pronounce your name? I want to make sure I'm getting it correctly rather than completely humiliating myself by saying it wrong. And then having mm. them say, uh, yeah, Laura, that's not my name. That's then I just look like a moron. So yeah, when in doubt. Be gentle. And frankly, I can't tell you how many people will say to me afterwards, thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. Especially with spelling too, with like Allison, is it one L or two L? Sarah, is there an H on the end or no H? Or is there, you know, whatever it happens to be. How do you spell it? How do you pronounce it? Always double check. More on than that, people will say thank you, especially if they're used to having people mispronounce and misspell their names.
0: Can yeah. So. Laura, your book, um, Speaking to Influence, can you tell me about some of the basic tenets there? I, I, I want everybody to buy to, buy this book, but let's let's really sell it right now.
1: <laughs> sure. Well, so the, if you've ever been in a situation where uh, you've been in that argument with somebody and one person goes, so, well, you know, why are you mad? What did I say? And the response is, well, it's not what you said. It's how you said it. Yes. This Uh, busts that myth that it's not what you say, it's how you say it. The issue is that it's actually both. The problem is that they don't match. Mm -hmm. And so we look at the fact that when you're speaking, you're actually communicating through three channels all at the same time. It's your verbal, your vocal, and your visual. It is the words that you say, the sound of your voice as you say them, and your body language that, that sort of ties it all together. And more often than not, we don't realize that each of those channels is kind of sending mixed signals. So even in something like sincerity versus sarcasm, what's the difference between nice haircut and nice haircut? Right. The words are identical but there's like one makes you say thank you very much and one makes you want to say something else very much perhaps so you know the the delivery changes the interpretation of the words and of course the words matter right how diplomatic are you how direct are you do you tell a story or not so it's not that the words don't matter you got to pick the good words first and then deliver them effectively great words delivered poorly is like dipping a pearl in mud there's something good in there you just can't find it but um. You know, charismatic delivery with messy words in the first place is like putting lipstick on a pig. You know, it doesn't, it might be entertaining to somebody, but it really doesn't serve any purpose. Either way, you're not gonna be effective, influential, inspiring as a leader, as a speaker. And if you want to get people on board with your message, you have to be able to do both. So we set the principles of that verbal vocal visual alignment component about how to master those, those three primary legs of the stool. And then we look at it in the second half of the book in the context, right? Are you doing interviews? Are you doing public speaking? How do you get out of your own head? We talk about the four-word secret to confident public speaking. Uh, we look at uh, diplomacy. We look at listening skills. How do you listen as a part of speech to be more effective and have more influence? So there's, there's all sorts of, if you know that you want to inspire more people as a leader, especially as a business owner, then this is how to figure out like why you're not hearing yes as often as you want to and how to fix it.
0: Um, I'd like to ask you about maybe one specific specific thing that I've heard a lot sure. um, in in the podcasting world. I see this question uh, asked quite a bit, and and I'd love your take on it. Sure, people who use filler words mm, frequently, yes, that's part of the mm, verbal. Um, uh, you know, I, I I could just share my experience on it. Um, it. Is that eventually for me, it kind of worked itself out, but. For me, I need, my whole thing was, I think was fear of looking incompetent. So I wanted to fill the space with noise and Mm -hmm. I wasn't comfortable with silence. And so my mouth, while I was still processing and thinking of what to say next, my brain was like, oh, dead air we got to fill the space i don't know <laughs> yes. that, that that's my amateur take on it no you're or exactly like how right. i was able to kind of work through that is getting comfortable with science but i i would love your take on this
1: no you're you're 100 right and you know the uh semi you know it take this with a lot of artistic license to it right tongue-in-cheek remember the term beer goggles
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So,
1: and if you're seeing something a little bit better than it actually looks because there's under some sort of influence. The what? So, what you're describing there, that fear of like, I can't, I got to fill that air and I want to sound smart and I want to do whatever else. It's what I call adrenaline headphones because the adrenaline is that chemical that completely distorts your ability to hear something accurately. Adrenaline works on speech like gravity works on a car going downhill. You can be on cruise control on flat land and going 60 miles an hour, but if you start going downhill and you leave your foot exactly where it is on the gas pedal, that adrenaline is, or that that gravity is going to pull you to 70, 80, 95 miles an hour and more before you realize what happened, but you haven't technically changed anything. So when you're speaking, if you are trying to give a presentation or a pitch or have an important one-on-one, whatever it is, and your adrenaline's kicking in, you know, you feel that start to, 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 the heart's pumping, the palms are sweating, the, the tongue, mouth gets a little dry everything moves faster, including your tongue and your perception of time is distorted. So when you take that pause to number one, you feel like you're speaking at a normal pace. You don't realize you're speaking at twice the speed of light at this point. And that not only makes you sound incompetent, it makes you sound nervous. It undermines your authority because it sounds like you're scrambling. So what you need to do is then work on speaking at half the speed, that you think you should, it should feel to you again, under the influence of adrenaline, it should feel to you like you're talking at an abnormally an uncomfortably slow rate because what you don't realize is that what everybody else hears is a completely normal pace. It just feels slow to you because you're hitting that gap, that brake pedal, because the adrenaline's pulling you downhill. So you're overcompensating. You have to try to talk 40 miles an hour because adrenaline's pulling you to 80, and in the mm. middle, you'll meet at 60. So allow yourself to speak at that slower pace, and then you don't have as much silence, because again, under the influence, those adrenaline and headphones, e- e- silence feels eternal. And it's like, oh my gosh, dead air. No, it's been like 0.3 seconds. Take that moment, think, slow your speed down, and then it doesn't create the giant gaps as you're thinking. And then you don't feel... Tempted to fill in with the fillers. And the fillers don't help because they chop up the meaning of what you're saying. They It's they, imagine taking a sentence and every third word hitting the return key or the enter key on your keyboard. So the sentence keeps starting on, like every phrase starts on a new line. It, it's a lot harder to read that way. You're chopping it up in someone's ears, so to speak, and making them put the pieces back together and decide which of these words really does not add meaning. Which ones should I pretend don't exist? It makes a, a, a cognitive processing burden on the listener when you add lots of fillers. So slow it down, eliminate the need, trust yourself that you say, okay, I'm I'm listening through adrenaline headphones. I cannot trust my own perception. I have to talk at a speed that feels slower than necessary. And just trust Laura that it is at mm-hmm. the right speed.
0: Um, I would imagine, Laura, that you when you work with say an executive or someone that's you know really looking to build their presence and their brand, that their investment with you mm-hmm. is 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 likely a pretty easy ROI calculation. Right. Sure. So in other words, if you're able to work with them for a little bit of time, boy, you know, it's like the, the difference between a, a, a B minus presentation and an A presentation can absolutely mean the difference between you know impressing that investor enough to get the you know get the the, the funding deal that you want and sure. the promotion that you want um you know engaging with you know maybe 100 additional people in the audience it really matters
1: absolutely absolutely and for your audience in particular Josh the, the easy analogy is look if you're pitching you're doing an investor pitch whether it's you know whatever seed or uh, round angels, VCs, private equity, et cetera. You're looking for money. Well, any investor will tell you that one of their mantras is bet the jockey, not the horse. So it's not just that they're going to invest in your product or your service. They're investing in you as the CEO. Do they think that you have what it takes to get that horse across the finish line? Because it could be a great business proposition. But if they're looking at you and going, yeah, you just don't Strike me as a CEO. Like I I, you you strike me as a kid who's sitting in their parents' garage and is really smart. And I want to have you on the team, not leading the team.
0: Wow. That's
1: the huge difference. So when you stand up there, I don't care if you're in jeans and a hoodie, but when you stand up there, do you knock their socks off, not just with what you've built, but with who you are. If you have that combination, that's when they go, that's the one right there. That's the person who I want in my portfolio. And I want their product or service because I believe that I can get them to lead the horse across the finish line. It's about you and what you represent. Are you that jockey? That's what I do.
0: Laura, you have, in addition to your book, you have a number of e-courses. Of course, you work with executives and business leaders. Um, It looks like individually from a consultative standpoint. um, And then you speak as well. So all of that is available at vocalimpactproductions.com. When somebody goes to that website uh, and they're like, well, I don't know if I'm ready to invest yet, but where would you recommend they go to continue that relationship with you?
1: Uh, well, the the book is always great the podcast wow. by all means subscribe to to our mailing list so we can get on um and there is. I think the podcast is a great way, as you know, to, to keep the relationship going and to hear, to constantly get new insights from other experts who you're going to bring in. Uh, so I, I would invite people to join the mailing list. And if you've got questions, you know, reach out to me through the website, let me know what you're interested in, what your challenges are, and we can identify if you are looking for additional assistance, what kind of product might be best for you, or if coaching is the right space, there's lots of different opportunities.
0: Yeah. All right. Dr. Laura Sicola. can I give uh, a gift to you your? Uh, so-
1: can I give a gift to your audience? Yes,
0: please. Our gifts are always welcome. So,
1: right, I Okay, so there for uh, one of the biggest challenges in the last year, year and a half or so, now that everybody is suddenly here all the time on video, it's almost like they want to rename their themselves instead of changing to Laura Cicola or Dr. Laura Sicola, whatever it is. They want to put in a disclaimer that says, "I just want you to know, if you met me in person, you'd be impressed." And that might've worked a year ago. It doesn't work now. So people need to be every bit as good, if not better in the virtual realm as they would have been if you could have met them face-to-face. So what I've created most recently is a virtual online course, and you can find it at virtualinfluence.today. And it is a a DIY self-paced course with a bunch of mini videos and worksheets and whatever else to figure out how to nail it on camera, especially if you're doing those investor pitches, those client uh, prospecting calls, whatever it is, and you're meeting them virtually, how to make them see that you're the jockey that they want to, to invest in. So for your group, Josh, if you use the the code up my influence 50 I'll give you 50% off the price for anybody who wants to take that course.
0: Yeah, and I tell you, you know, whether that's you or folks that are on your team that are representing your brand, um, if if they're coming across in a a weak and um, ineffective way, I mean, it's just costing your company mega dollars uh, because that's that's our engagement now. It's it's all pixels, you know, behind the behind the screen, and doing that well really matters, and it matters to your bottom line. So I'm on board. Dr. Laura Sicola, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Josh. It's been a pleasure.